Bueller. That was bloody brilliant. Oh, thank you for that assessment, Mr. Weasley. We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Hey, everyone. I'm Joe. And I'm Jamil. And we're Brothers Who Teach. Bueller. All right. Welcome to episode nine of Brothers Who Teach. What's going on, Jamil? Uh, I'm just trying to enjoy my weekend. Um, did some volunteering this morning at a garden. It was cold out there, but um, now I'm nice and warm inside and uh, looking forward to this episode with another guest. We just keep the guests rolling. That's right. So I am currently in Connecticut right now because the guests that we had last week, Paul and Shannon, you know, they had a baby and me and my friends were able to come and visit. And we had a blast uh, driving driving here last night. And uh, it's it's so fortunate when when I have like two other friends that I know that are teachers, and we've been able to have a conversation about that the entire time. So yeah, we got we got another friend of mine by the name of Luke Batdorf, and uh, we go way back. So Luke, how how are we doing today? What's up, Luke? Hello, hello. Uh, I just. Quick correct. I don't know if we had a blast driving here. We we haven't we're having a blast here. The drive here was actually. <laughs> terrifying yeah parts parts of the drive were terrifying yesterday yesterday was okay why it was whiteout conditions oh really for, so two like two leg journey we drove to toledo ish area on thursday all after dark at one point we did a full 360 we did do a full and 360. ended up in the side ditch we're able to pull out of the side ditch miraculous miraculously i don't know how yeah um, and at various points we could see like five to ten feet in front of us and that was it oh my gosh that that was all on thursday the drive on friday was was fine the morning was a little so there was so much like slush accumulated underneath my car that we had to stop several times to clear slush that was like slowly working its way into the wheels yeah but yeah other than that it went fine after that Jeez. yeah but we're pumped to be here so i mean we are super well pumped to it. be here the Monroes have been great hosts to us, and uh, they've been generous enough to l- allow us to do our podcast in their home. So we yeah. thank Paul and Shannon for that. Thanks a whole lot. We'll, we'll try not to wake up the baby and, uh, and the toddler. <laughs> yeah, so so Luke, uh, we have been college roommates. We were college roommates all four years. Mm-hmm. Um, our first year out of college, we were in... Different lo- uh, different locations, but after that we were reunited, mm-hmm. and for a brief time we were back to being roommates again, uh, post college. So, yep. and I, I somehow convinced you to take up teaching for one year. Yes, you did. And we're going to talk about that school year. Okay. And we are titling this podcast "Doomed to Fail." But it was not uh, your fault that you were doomed to fail. I, I appreciate that. You Caveat. you that's, had to go that's, through that's, that's important one disclaimer. You had to go through one of the most difficult first year uh, teaching gigs that I have ever seen, and we're gonna kind of break that down, I, go over yeah. some of the things that you had to face, how you dealt with it, what things you did enjoy about teaching, things that were difficult. But we're gonna get into that today. Okay. We're going to dredge up some maybe painful memories for me, you're saying? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> All right, so 
let's let's start off by this. Why, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your your work life prior to getting into teaching? Yeah. So, well, I was a, a math major, which I'll let you say your bit on on that. I, yeah, I was a math education major, and he would always refer to his major as a pure math major. It's not wrong. <laughs> to, to give me heck. Uh, yeah, he'd have to give me flack for that. So, yes, you were a pure math major that in I college, was. and I was a math education major, even though we had basically all the same I, I think it was literally classes. the entire, entirely the same math classes minus Maybe I might one. have taken one. Yeah. And it was, I, I forget what it was, but... Was it the whole, those who can are math majors, those who can't become math education majors right, like those who yeah, can't let's, let's teach. put an end to all that <laughs> no <right> no <laughs> no all um, right actually no it was it was the senior project was the only difference that's right you did like you did uh student teaching i did senior project and that was which, the only difference between a math education major which to and, be fair didn't and a pure math major yeah it, it didn't amount to a whole lot so it's yeah uh but i was also computer science minor so I went the IT route uh, after school. Mm. So I worked in insurance IT for about a year and a half, worked in hospital IT, and then I was back in insurance IT. So I was on my third job before teaching, which is uh, over a relatively short amount of time, but it was all IT related. Okay. And then I I remember pretty distinctly, we, we were on an Ultimate Frisbee team in the summer one time and I think that you had kind of said that you were a little fed up with the IT job you were looking for something new probably more than a little but yeah yeah and and our school needed a new teacher that's right so I went to my principal and I said I have a friend of mine he doesn't have an education background but he was a math major and I think he'd be a great fit for us and she was able to kind of finagle together a job opportunity for you. Yeah. Um, a little bit more on that. I think this is maybe an important detail to add in. So it was you and another guy on the Ultimate Frisbee team. You guys both came to me with job opportunities. Mm. Uh, so he was an independent contractor doing IT data work, which is what I was doing for a startup company. And he needed some help. You needed a teacher. I thought for some reason that I could do both, no problem. <laughs> Which I realized my folly later, but yeah. So the opportunity I was originally presented with, I think, was like a part-time deal at a couple of different schools. Which ended up turning into a full-time deal. Yeah, I think I think the original position was, and, and you know, it's. Just, it's a mystery why we weren't able to fill this position, but you would have been, yeah, a part-time math teacher teaching like one or two periods at one middle school and then teaching like another one or two periods at another middle school and you would have to commute yep. in the middle of the day. Like that alone is a, is a tough, you know, that's a tough so, sell to a lot of people. An interesting deal for sure. Yeah. But I, I mean, I didn't know any different to be fair. Right. But through some finagling, we were able to make it a full-time position. And I think once when that happened... You, uh, you, you, uh, pulled the I said, trigger. So let's do it. And you, and you made your way over to Warsaw to be a teacher, not only at Edgewood Middle School, but also at Lakeview Middle School, right. which are the two middle schools, uh, in our town. 
They're only like so. Let me what, like let a me, mile apart. But yeah, yes. Let me ask here. Um, when they offered you that job, did they one say anything about not having the teacher certificate and saying like, all right, this is something you're going to need to get to eventually, or did they have a plan for you to get to it? And then my second question is, did they I- indicate that your job with the multi-school, multi-class situation would eventually morph into something else? Or like, was it like, we're only doing this for a year? Or was it like, this could be your job indefinitely as long as you want to keep doing it? Yeah, uh, great question. So you, I laughed a little during that to myself because uh, that reminded me, I don't know what Joe told him about me, but it must have been good because... <laughs> <laughs> Like the interview was really like, I walked in and they just about offered me the job on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I to to be fair, I think they they were in a little bit of a situation where they needed something to happen quick. Mm-hmm. But also, Joe talked me up well. I can be a salesman if I need to. Uh, <laughs> so they did. They knew ahead of time. Like they knew my situation ahead of time. They knew I did not have a teaching certificate. They knew my background. That it wasn't an education. Um, I, I had previously thought about education at one point. I don't know if they knew any of that. Uh, like I had actually been accepted into teach for America at one point and didn't end up going that route, but, um, I don't know if that helped my, my props there or not, but, mm-hmm. um, anyways, they, they knew that and they said, Hey, if you want this to be something long-term, we need you to work towards that teaching certificate. And not at that time, but like later in the year, we went over what that looked like. At that time, it was all just yeah. like, we need to figure out how to make this work now and we'll worry about everything else later. So it was really just, I think it was really just, they said, hey, we have this opportunity for this year. There will be opportunities in the future, um, but we want you okay. to come in, get your feet wet, see if you like it, um, try to make this a good fit. Yeah, so so you're pretty much given like an emergency teacher certificate. That is that that's what it's I, called, right? I think that's right. I mean, I don't think I was actually involved in that process. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't remember how that works. I think I think that schools can apply for emergency certification for teachers if they mm-hmm. like are really struggling for for personnel, and I think that's what happened. Okay, in your case. Yeah, they they probably did it for me. I'm guessing. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, they allowed me to teach. Right. So other than working 10 feet away from your college roommate and, you know, rooming back up because we had. That we did. We had thrown out the idea when we were in college that we were going to be lifelong roommates. We had thrown that idea out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a done deal. Like we might still be lifelong roommates. Joe. It could, just, it's not over. You're right. Just the fact that you're married now, whatever. It's, it's still possible. <laughs> yeah. Minor, minor details. So other than, you know, working next door to me and rooming back together, what, what aspects of the job were you looking forward to? Yeah, so, I mean, I was a big part of the IT thing, why it was really driving me crazy is this specific last role that I was in, I had almost zero people interaction, which I'm, I'm an introverted person. Um, I mean, you know that, mm-hmm. but I need some people in my life, I think. And I was doing eight hours of day with just me and a computer screen. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I think I had like one meeting a week and that was my one break from that. Um, so I was really looking forward to interacting with people. So, I mean, interacting with students, that was a big one. Um, 
another thing is I was working for an insurance company, which I know insurance is important at all, but like it was really, really hard to see any kind of impact for my work. Mm. Um, I mean, outside of, I mean, I was, I was working with data and stuff. So outside of seeing that, oh, what I'm doing is making the company money. I don't, I don't know what it's doing for anybody else, but it's making mm-hmm. us money. Um, so I was really looking forward to, you know, seeing lives changed, um, which, you know, it's, it's probably something a lot of teachers, but what draws them into it is they get to see that impact. Yeah, I mean, we don't so. do it for the money, so. So yeah, that's definitely. No, no I found that out. That's what we do it for. So yeah, the hand, the hands-on deal for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think there were some creative aspects I was going to be kind of I was excited for too. Like, I mean, my job wasn't real creative before either, and I think I look at teaching as a creative profession. Yeah, and there's certainly a lot of variety in that. You know, no no one day is really kind of the same as the other. There's always going to be something new in every single day. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So you're doing it. You're getting into teaching. Your first year, you know, anybody's first year is always going to be tough. But you had a couple other things that were not, you know, in your favor. All right. So so for one thing, you weren't actually starting at the beginning of the year. We were already like four or five weeks into the school year when you came aboard. Yikes. That's right. In fact, if, if I remember correct, if I remember correctly, the first day that you were actually in the classroom was actually the day of parent-teacher conferences, and you had to stay a couple extra hours. That's right. At the end of the school day, to meet a bunch of parents and kids who you had never really seen before, and they really <laughs> hadn't seen you either. Yeah, that was a oh, that was a weird start. Yeah, so it's been a couple couple of years, or I don't know how many years, but it's it's been a little bit since then, and mm-hmm. it was. I think a Wednesday was my last day in my previous job, and a Thursday was my first day teaching. So I think it was Thursday night parent-teacher conferences, something like that. Um, So also, I I was living an hour away from the school area where I roomed with Joe. So Wednesday night, I mean, I finished up my previous job, moved an hour away, next morning started in the school. (laughs) They also were doing uh, this like split schedule, so you only had half of your classes. I don't think it was every day, but like at least Wednesdays and Thursdays, you only had half of your schedule. That's right. We do we do block days on Wednesday and Thursday, so we have periods one, three, five, and seven on Wednesday, and periods two, four, and six on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And you came in on a Thursday, and they're longer. Yeah, they're like an hour and a half yeah. or something like that. Hour and a half classes, okay. and then Monday, Tuesday, Friday are regular seven period days. Yes, yes, yep. That's how and it was when I was there. Luke, had you gotten filled in on what each of those classes you were taking over had covered in those five weeks? Uh, at this point, not really. Um, I <laughs> got to the school a little bit early. Met with this uh, like teaching coach. Uh, position like this lady um great lady named name's christy mm-hmm. um, she was literally a lifesaver during that year so she gave me a little bit of background um and there was also going to be an aide in the class like a special education aide um but yeah. i didn't really have a chance to talk with her before the class much so like after afterwards i got filled in but that first day i was really kind of going in blind um so i just prepared yeah. like an introduction of who I am, and then I was really just relying on the aid to have some kind of plan for that day, because I had no idea what they were learning. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I might have had a little bit of idea because I've, I'd seen what Joe's class was doing, but his class was at a little different point than the one I was taking over. Right, was, but and, and that, like, not only had to be hard for you, but it had to be hard for the students as well because there was, before Luke got there, we just had a long-term sub who was there. And okay, so students have someone teaching them for three, four weeks, and then, boom, here comes this another teacher who has completely different expectations, completely different teaching styles. Like, Who's never taught as, before. Yeah. Or, <laughs> never taught or no before. expectations and no teaching style. Yeah, yeah that's, that's more like it. Yeah, and I, as a student, I, I'd probably find that jarring to, you know, one day, boom, oh, yeah. here's a completely different situation. Um, and, yeah, and, yet, and, yeah, usually that first day, like – you're you're introducing yourself and you're getting to know them but usually that's the first day of school where that's what every teacher is doing that's what every student is doing but here you are doing it a couple weeks into the school year when they're you know probably their expectation is all right what are we learning about today in this class and it's completely different yeah that's that's right I, like i wish i could like go back and look at that day I don't know, be a fly on the wall of that day now or or at least like later in that school year. Because mm. I bet it was a really weird day. Like I just know I was super nervous and I really don't have a lot of memories from it because it was, it was nerve wracking for me. Uh, but I, I think like in hindsight, like trying to remember a little piece of it, I think the students had kind of an uneasiness too because this was an, uh, I was an unknown to them just like they were an unknown to me. Mm. Yeah. So I think... I didn't actually have like, like, I think I had a pretty well-behaved class actually that first day um, for a class that like was brand new, you know, like, I, I think they were kind of feeling me out like I was feeling them out. Um, but it was just, it was just a weird day and it all flew by, I remember. And then I went to parent-teacher conferences and I only had like a couple parents show up, but half of them I hadn't even met their kids yet. Because I literally hadn't had them in class. And the other half, I didn't know their kids' names. And, I mean, also at the conferences, I was looking at, you know, tables of teachers that had been there a while. And they had a lot more parents and everything. And I I just kind of sat there by myself most of the time. Because I didn't really have parents coming up to me. I, I think the few that came up were more there for other reasons. And they're like, oh, this is a new math teacher. We'll go say hi. Hmm. Like, there, there wasn't any complaints, I guess. It, and that was good in a way. And a little nerve-wracking in a way too yeah and maybe a little disheartening as well a little like, like do they care yeah i, I can like, i get that well yeah. i mean but you also hadn't done anything to make them concerned yet you know you hadn't like yelled at their child or or done anything inappropriate so what well, you know they're giving you a, they're giving you the benefit of the doubt maybe and or they didn't know who you were so multiple factors but let's or take that little, let's little take both. that as a positive <laughs> It was it was a positive for that day. I I don't know what I would have done if I was sworn by parents. I I would have cracked. <laughs> Probably sooner than I did crack. I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, right. don't spoil it. <laughs> no, well, the the podcast is titled "Doomed to Fail." <laughs> you're not wrong. Well, you get through the first day. Yeah. Um, I did get through the first day. We but, do have a picture I don't know, of me on my, my first day of teaching. That's right. I did first take a picture of you on the first day of school. I remember that. <laughs> I'll have to find that picture and uh, we'll have to post yeah, that. Yeah, we, we need to post yeah. that. Yeah. 
All right, so you get through your first day, but still every single day you have to go from one school to the other where you're teaching a couple classes at one middle school and That's then right. driving over to Edgewood and teaching another couple classes there. What was it like having to deal with two different schools, two different administrators, two yeah. different you know sets of rules or expectations for the students? Like what – I, I – don't know how, how I would deal with that. Do you have some insight on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know any difference, so that, that somewhat played in my favor, but it was weird, for sure. Um, if nothing else, I think I couldn't find the classroom the first time I was in the Lakeview school. So, like, there was just some confusion there. Uh, on one day out of the week, or maybe it was two days out of the week, I had to show up late to one of the classes because, like, I didn't have time for the commute. So I, ha I had to like manage that to be able to give my aide something to get the class started with because I was always showing up 10 minutes late. Um, and that was a train wreck for the first few weeks because I just didn't know how to manage it. Uh, the different principles wasn't too much of a problem. I think I was fortunate there because I had kind of a special class at Lakeview. So it was a class of sixth graders, which sixth graders aren't in the middle school. Um, they're, they were doing like an advanced class. So I kind of didn't have to follow the rules of Lakeview, if that makes sense. Like I taught that class, like I taught the class at Edgewood. Right. Cause, cause those six, like I, those sixth grade students, they were only there for that class. And then they would go back to their regular elementary schools correct. for the rest of the day. That's right. Correct. Okay. I so, remember that. Yeah. So I followed like the uh, grading requirements and everything of Edgewood and just, it, they let me get away with it, even though it wasn't the same. At, at Lakeview. Gotcha. Um, it would have been confusing otherwise, for sure. I, th I think the biggest thing is it just added a little bit of hecticness to every day that I was making that commute because there was, you know, the the thought of, oh, like, I don't want to forget this binder at this school or, like, oh, if I need to grade when I have free time later, I better have those papers with me from this class. Otherwise, I'm going to have to, like, run back over to the school to grab them. And there were definitely days that I, I messed that up. Not a lot surprisingly, but there are days that I, I left an assignment or something at the wrong place. Mm. It, it added it added an element for sure. Yeah, and you probably had to be super organized and, yeah, like, as you said, like super yeah. vigilant to make sure you don't forget one thing at one school or That's something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, luckily, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, like, I don't know, brag on myself, but I feel like organization, like, that, that was something I felt like I could handle okay. in teaching. Like, like I, I'm a fairly organized person, is that fair? Yeah, I would I would definitely concur with that. Okay, yeah. Your your side of the room when we were rooming together was always much more organized than mine. Which <laughs> looked might looked much nicer. Yeah. yeah. You had all your binders, like organized and all that. Organization is definitely a strong suit of yours. Yeah, I know. I remember that. <laughs> we had like a line down the middle, and you could tell. <laughs> you could definitely tell whose side of the room was what. Mine was probably a little overly organized, just to contrast yours, but, you know, whatever. You're not wrong. All right, so that's, yeah, you're, you're dealing with a lot. Yeah. You're dealing with a lot. Um, and we, we also, we were talking about this on the way up. There was also a day that you got, like, super, super sick, like, oh, early yeah. on in the school year. Yeah, so from what I understand, that's, like, an every teacher experience, except for you. I, I don't think I got like deathly I don't think I've ever got like deathly sick. I don't think I really got all that sick my entire first year. I don't 
actually think I missed any days for being sick my first year. Jamil, have you ever gotten sick? First year teaching, like the stress of it or something making you sick? Well, maybe the stress of it or just being around, you know, a bunch of snotty kids, if you want to put it that way. I feel like I've gotten, I feel like I've gotten some kind of mild sickness in the winter almost every year. You know, any not not necessarily the flu, but but sick for like a day or two from from just being around the kids when the when it gets to cold season or whatever. Yeah, this was nothing yeah. mild that you were going through, though. No, no. So this was so. I know, I know that it was that first month or whatever it was basically till fall break. So I think I started in September, fall break was sometime in October. So roughly yeah. a month. I was like high high stress like kind of barely staying alive kind of deal um that, that's how it felt like i don't know if every first year teacher feels like that but i was felt like i was barely surviving um i think i told joe at one well point, not every like, oh yeah not every not every first year teacher uh starts five weeks into the year they usually yeah, have a little yeah. more preparation <laughs> yeah that's that's fair yeah because i was literally i was i would lesson plan for that entire month, my lesson plans would were one day at a time the night before, and like sometimes they were not even fully finished by the next yeah, day. Yeah, you're just always on the hamster I was just wheel. doing the best I could, yeah. and like just trying to stay alive. So there's an alarm going off, but uh, yeah, just just trying to stay alive and have something to give the class the next day, and hopefully it's enough to cover a full class period. It was uh, there were some days it wasn't. Um, so I'm starting to get sick thinking about that situation. <laughs> yeah, you know I am a, to a little a little bit too again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we got to fall break, I think Joe, you were doing like some trip or something you had asked me about, and I was just like, "No, I can't do that. I'm gonna stay home, and I am just going to lesson plan and try to get slightly ahead." And I created like a week's worth of lesson plans over fall break. I didn't get sick over that one. So the first break, my body hadn't shut down yet. Like two weeks after that, it was the opening day of deer season, which I'm, I'm a big hunter. Like that's like my favorite <laughs> thing to do ever. And opening day is like as important as Christmas to me. Hopefully that's not blasphemy, but it's, it's a big deal. No, I get it. And the night before opening day. So I, I got home from school and I was feeling like a little bit off, but like not that bad. As soon as I got home, my body just broke. Like I, I'm not going to go into graphic detail because I'm pretty sure it was real, real nasty, but I did not sleep that night. <laughs> I don't think I left the bathroom that night. Um, wow. And that was just my weekend. I didn't get to go hunting because I would not have made it 10 steps from the house if I tried. And I think, I think it was like my body wanted to break down over that first break, which I, we were talking about with our, the other teacher friends here that like first break is usually when that happens. And I didn't have the time to let myself break down over fall break because I was lesson planning. So two weeks afterwards, my body was finally like, yeah, you've had enough. We're going to, we're going to shut down now. Oh, was, was there any positives that you could take away during these first couple months when you were teaching? I felt like I was learning a ton. Um, I mean, I was stressed. It probably showed, I probably wasn't a great roommate during that time. And like, I didn't do much. I, I didn't do anything other than, than teaching, including this other job that I thought I was taking on. I didn't put any time <laughs> into that either. Um, but I felt like I was growing in ways that I hadn't in a long time. So that that was a big positive. Um, I 
didn't get the positives I was looking for and that like impacting students because I felt like I really wasn't doing a good job for the students. And I'm, I probably wasn't. I mean, I was really scrambling. I probably wasn't doing a great job of teaching them. Um, so that actually felt kind of crappy. Like, like I want them to learn. I feel like they're not learning like they should. Uh, but I was learning how to become a better teacher. And I felt like I was, I was getting there where like, maybe I'll be able to do this in the future. Every day I'm doing something right. Even if I'm doing other things that are wrong that I didn't do the day before. <laughs> and I, I think that every first year teacher can relate to exactly what you were just saying there. That, yeah. yeah, there are some things that are going wrong, but there are some things that I'm doing right. And I'm learning something new every single day. And just that learning aspect is, is really tiring. It's really exhausting. Like it's going to oh, take energy out of you. Not yeah, to mention works. that you have to come up with lessons every single day and you're doing something new every single day. Like it takes a toll on you. I get it. Yeah. It's a tough gig. Yeah. Tougher, tougher than I could handle. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. Let's go to the second semester. Mm-hmm. And through this grind, through you know, kind of this hamster wheel that you've been on, you start to get your footing a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think getting into a new semester was a huge thing for me. Because there's some level, uh, I mean, at least from, I only have one year, that one year of teaching experience, but it's, it feels a little bit like a fresh start after Christmas break. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of pe- teachers view the second semester as a fresh start. For you, it was just like the first start, basically, because you yep. didn't have that first start in the first semester. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a big thing. So the classroom stays the same, but the students have been away for a little bit. So I have a little bit of a chance to try to get that uh, classroom management down, which I I really struggled with the whole year. That that was that was my hardest. I don't know. Learning experience was how to manage a classroom. You're probably the only first year teacher that didn't know how to. That's what I figured. Deal with this classroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured I was alone on that. Uh, but also, this just the lesson plans reset on some level. With just just the way that the classes I was teaching worked. So, even though I felt like I didn't do a great job on the first semester, um, I was not building off the first semester so much as starting fresh on material. And I was like, okay, um, if I can start with the basics this semester right, the rest of the semester will go well. And I really did, I think around March timeframe, I actually felt like I was doing an okay job. I, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was a good teacher. I was never a good teacher, I know that. But like, I felt like, yeah, they're learning. And, and like, I could, I could do this. Yeah, and... Had, uh, had about a week of that. <laughs> about a week. And <laughs> like, with this being, I think we kind of, you and I both kind of thought, okay, this is going to be an experiment. Let's see. Yeah, that's right. You know, let's, this will be a one year thing. If you, if you enjoy it, maybe come back for a second year. How were you feeling at, at that point? Yeah. I was, so I remember I was talking with uh, my, my teaching coach there um, about what next year might look like. And we were talking about uh, potentially looking at high school teaching for, for the next year. So, I was on the fence about how I was feeling with it in general, um, just because it had been such a, like a hard year for me. Um, and I didn't know, I really, I, I heard everybody say first year teaching itself as I didn't know if it was going to be like that all the time. And I knew I couldn't handle that. All, like I couldn't handle that. Mm-hmm. That was my life. But I thought maybe high school would be easier from a classroom management perspective, which is where I seem to be struggling. And that's what you're talking about. Um, so I was, con- I was considering it, hadn't made a decision. 
um, on, on if I can make this work or not. So yeah, we, we get to March time. Yep. And we did this on purpose. We haven't mentioned what year you started teaching. Right. You started teaching the 2019-2020 school year. Yes, I did. And in March 2020, there was this event known as the COVID-19 pandemic. I think a few people are going to remember that. Yeah, I think so. So... (laughs) Let's, I think I remember it really well. Let's just recap. You come into the school year five weeks late. You've never taught before. You've never taken like an education class or anything Correct. like that. You're commuting between two different schools. Your body can't handle it. Right. And, I'm, I'm literally getting physically sick. Yeah. And the universe just decides, you know what? We're going to throw a global pandemic on top of this and let's see how Luke can handle it. Unprecedented situation. After at one week of homeostasis, one week. Yeah, one week where you're actually getting your footing. The first week that I thought, okay, things are working out, and then they're like, hey, there's this thing going on. We we want you just to, you know, work remote for a couple days. I think is what they said. I think the original plan (laughs) might have been like a week. It, It was a week or less. And I'm like, okay, that's different, um, but that's fine. That's fine. I can do a week of that. Yeah, everything this <laughs> everything this year has been new anyway, so yeah, this won't be a big deal. And then it was okay till spring break. Okay, we'll do another month. Okay, you're never coming back. So, uh, and uh, you know that might that might have been true for everyone, not just first year teachers, but I think that trying to do online learning went about as well as that that last two months went about as well as my first two months Mm. i think and that was kind of the maybe maybe worse actually was that the nail in the coffin in your teaching career you think absolutely i i i don't know like i i really felt like a failure after that Really, really felt like there was. A, I had a year of students that, like, hopefully, I did teach them something. Um, and I know some students. I, that I had some really bright students that I know that they got. I mean, they learned that year because they were going to learn, you know, whoever was teaching them. Uh, but I really felt like there were a lot of students that I, I didn't bring them near as far as I should have that year. And yeah, that was hard enough. I, I didn't want to do it again. I don't think I've ever told Joe this. Um, it was it was a positive for Joe, but it it hurt. It was not great for me for my confidence. But like, I think it was right before shutdown. Like it must have been. I had this one student that had had Joe as a teacher and transferred over to my classroom. Luke something I think. I think he had the yeah, same name I, as me. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was one day that for some reason all the students were gone except for him. He was my only student in my class. I, I can't remember why that was. It was like a field trip that he didn't get permission to go on. And there were only a handful of students who went and played basketball. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. This kid was kind of weirdly, brutally honest. But we were just talking while we were walking down to the gym. And I think I asked him, like, like how's, how's it going for you? Feel like you're learning stuff or whatever? Which is a weird question to ask a middle school kid, I realize. But, and he was like, he was like, uh... I think you're figuring it out, but but you're nothing compared to Mr. Brenneman. <sighs> Something Aww. like that. And like like Joe's a good teacher. So like like I get it, but 
it was also like, like I felt like I was doing a lot better. I felt like he was a student that actually liked me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not actually good at this. And that was the week that I think it was the week where I actually felt like I was doing all right. Mm. It was a bit of a blow. I mean, like I just want to take this time to say that like you did a really good job. Like seriously, like you were a good teacher. You were invested in your students. Even when we were like in lockdown, like you were doing an excellent job of like reaching out to kids who weren't doing their homework. You were invested and in a lot of ways for like especially for a first year teacher, like that those are the things that really matter the most. The learning how to like make sure that students understand, like that comes with time. But you mm-hmm. were like committed to your students. And, like, I know that we're calling this doomed to fail, but, like, it wasn't, it wasn't your fault that, like, these things happened. Um, yeah. And I hope that, like, you can find some, find some grace to, like, give yourself a break that even though, like, you feel that this wasn't a career path for you, that mm-hmm. you tried it out and you did like a really, really admirable thing to like come out and go into a situation that you knew wasn't ideal and like try to make the most of it. I mean, the fact that you said you were like the kids were learning under you, but that you were saying, but I'm not, I'm not a good teacher um, shows how high your standards are because I mean, in some ways, like if the, if you are there and your students are learning and the building hasn't burnt down, like, you have succeeded. Um, building didn't burn and so, down, but we were all kicked out of it for a global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> not not your fault as far as I know. Um, unless you took a trip overseas and got into a lab somewhere that I didn't know about. Um, I, I didn't have time but, that year. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 right, right. You were too busy commuting. That wasn't part of your commute? It wasn't, it wasn't no. from, you know, northern Indiana to, you know, half hour away to... China? No. 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 Okay. No. Couldn't fit that uh, in in the day. <laughs> it felt like it, it some, yeah. di- some days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt like it. Uh, I think uh, I've, I think I've heard one um, one teacher who would constantly have to deal with really really difficult classes. He would say, uh, "As long as life is not created or destroyed in my classroom, it was it was a successful day." <laughs> nice. Like that. And that never happened. <laughs> no, I don't think it ever happened in my class. I, I think I guess, we said this last. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Luke. Well, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I know I'm being down on my experience. Um, I, I cannot. The the school year ended on a positive. I could, you know, kind of conclude my experience on. I guess that mm-hmm. I that I just thought of. Um, go ahead. So one, like I don't think the full reason I got out of teaching was just because I felt like a failure, which is true. Like I did did a bit, but the stress of it. I mean. I just feel like I couldn't handle the stress for another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say on the last day, it was, I mean, the last day was a virtual e-learning day, like the 40 days before it or however many days it was. But I had just an open chat session. Um, we really didn't have anything to go over. It's just like, if you had any assignments that you were still working on, feel free to join, whatever. I only had three students join it. But there were three students who had all of their assignments done. Um, so they didn't need me to help them finish up any work. And they just joined to say thank you. 
and hmm. that felt awesome. Yeah. So that was a very positive ending to my experience teaching. Is that I mean, at least those three students like felt like I helped them, and that was cool. That is pretty cool. Totally. So, Jamil, if we go back to like our first episode that we did, I I'm uh, brought up an example of like an athlete like a really really good athlete that could transition to playing any different sport yeah. because they had just that base athleticism luke i kind of see you that uh i kind of see you in that sort of light where because of you know this this work ethic and this way that you're able to learn things so quickly you're able to go from you know working in it to working in a different, you know, still working in IT, but in a different field to teaching mm -hmm. to now you're a surveyor. Now I'm a you surveyor. Know, now yep. you're outside working with your hands a lot, but there's still a lot of math involved in that. Yep. And there were some courses that you had to take for that, but you're just kind of this natural learner and you were able to transition from one thing to another. And I think that that's, you're a really, really good example of, of the type of learner that I, I sort of dream about and that we talked about in, in our first episode. I, I appreciate that. It might just be that I'm a little overly bullheaded and I just think, oh, I'll make it work. And you find a way. That's awesome. Growth mindset. I, I, I guess. All the themes. You're meeting all the themes. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. Now we. This is usually the part of the episode that we tell a funny story. You said you had a funny story for us. Oh yeah, yeah. If I if I'm allowed to interject on this segment. Absolutely. I figured I'd yeah. uh, share for my first day of teaching. Let's hear it. Share my story. So first day, first class. Um, I had like a PowerPoint presentation, which was in hindsight kind of ridiculous of, of my of my life and who I am with pictures of me and everything. But <laughs> that's how I introduced myself to the class. I uh, spent a good like 10 minutes on it and the class Did just you go kinda... like month by month of your life? <laughs> uh, October 1992. This is me <laughs> being birthed. <laughs> One month later. Wow, look how much I've grown. <laughs> no, no, I didn't do that. Uh, I think I just did my, talked about the jobs I've done before and they didn't really care too much, which is fair. It was just <laughs> IT work. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I, I did that and, uh, and then I tried to give like a little bit of overview of, Hey, here's where I think we're going this year with, with the class. Um, and I was like, okay, uh, like I hadn't gotten any really interaction out of the class and I was like, okay, um, do you guys have any questions for me? Because I, I didn't know what to do after that. And this girl in the back of the classroom, who I didn't know her name at the time, and I, I think I've forgotten her name now, to be honest, but she raised her hand. And I'm like, oh, good. Like, I've probably got something to interact with. I'm like, yes, you in the back of the classroom. What's, what's your question? She's like, uh, Mr. Batdorf, what's your skincare routine? <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, to be clear, I, I had said nothing about my skincare routine or anything like that in the presentation. That was not what it was about. It was a completely random question. I, I didn't know how to answer it. Well, I think I told her. I was like, well, I, I wash with soap and water. and uh... I think that it is also, we should let the viewers know that you do have very, very healthy skin. You say so. And uh, I, I think... 
I think it was a legitimate question where, you know, this person, <laughs> I, whatever this person's doing, I, I want to be doing what they're doing because uh, they've got something figured out here. <laughs> sure. What's sure. your skincare regimen? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've never been asked that question. Same. It was, it was a very creative question. And you got it on your first day. First day, first class. You enlighten your students on day one. What more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess it's a success. That's what you're telling me? That's a great story. <laughs> All right. And Jamil, that brings us to the numbers game. Well, and let's talk about this because you, for once, had to suffer the agony of defeat. Although, from your video, it didn't look like there was that much agony. You, you did that t-shirt challenge in like five seconds. Was that a first take? It was a take one. I thought that I was going to have to do like like handstand push-ups to get ready for it. Um, but, you know, just like, uh, just like in giving a lesson, I wanted to test myself at the beginning, see, uh, see how much I was capable of, and then assess what, <laughs> what work I needed to get there at the end. And fortunately, I found... I was actually capable of doing it the first time, which uh, I, I was not expecting. I was not expecting. Turns that out, at all. turns out the t-shirt challenge is like riding a bike, where once you get it down, it comes back pretty quick. That's right. All right, this week the stakes. Stakes are a little high, but uh, we're gonna go for it. Loser has to run and document. 20 miles in a week. Uh, I have a couple of thoughts. How are we going to document? What do you mean document? I don't have a Fitbit. Do you have a treadmill? Um, I'm not I'm not doing 20 miles on a treadmill. I, I will run outside before I do that in the cold. All right. Every single day after you get a, after you get done with a run, like record yourself saying, all right, I just ran for 30 minutes. And uh, for your case, I got two miles in. <laughs> <laughs> rude <laughs> and you'll be able to tell how much i've run by how much sweat is dripping off my face fine there, there can oh, be i a... only saw three beads of i only thought saw three beads of sweat there that must have only been like a mile there, there could be a gentleman's agreement that we use the honor system i would like to think so but my second thing is and this one the viewers may the listeners may have to to weigh in on i'm about to play a 70-minute soccer match, how much should that count towards my miles being run? I think it should be somewhere around five miles. Joseph's being skimpy and saying about three miles. I'll, now, I'll give you four. I'm also assuming I'm about to lose, which maybe I shouldn't be, but um, I think the people should weigh in on, on how much uh, how, how much mileage that actually is running, a, running, a, in, a, running in a 70-minute match. I'm willing to bump it up to four. <laughs> wow, how generous. We're meeting in the middle. I think that's fair. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on with it. Um, is Luke coming up with the number game to this week? Luke has the number game for I'm, us this I'm week. I'm on it. I'm excited. And, and you All right, guys let's go. definitely want to do the number game. Like I'm saying, guess a number of yeah, yeah, yes. okay. of, of, of whatever so you, I want. You pose the question. Joe and I will both put down a number. And then after we got our number down, we'll tell you together. Okay. All right. So I'm uh, big into hunting, and 
I'm really big into elk hunting right now, or the idea of going elk hunting. I, I've only been once. Okay. But, so my question's about elk numbers, which I think neither of you will have any idea about, so I think it's a fair question. Okay. So, yeah, Colorado, Colorado. Colorado has the largest elk herd of actually anywhere in the world. Okay. So, my question is, how many elk are in the elk herd in Colorado? In to be specific, twenty twenty one, there uh, it's it's an estimated <laughs> number, but yeah. I have so many questions. They track the herds by state. I'm just picturing like one clump of elk in like some corner of Colorado. It's like, oh, there's the Colorado herd. They're all right there. That's <laughs> something like that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so how many how many elk are in Colorado? How many this elk is in my Colorado? nightmare. <laughs> oh man now can you can you clarify for me elk is that male and female correct okay okay that helps a little bit <laughs> not really but um oh, man. i have i have my number but i have no idea joe you go first all right i wrote down i wrote down thirty-five thousand. I, I i don't know how we're going to do with that, but that's my number. Okay. I wrote down 5,000. Oof. Okay. I think we're both way off. Uh, sorry, Jamil. The The correct answer is 286,000. <laughs> way more elk than you guys thought. <laughs> it's a good healthy herd. <laughs> well, I was not going to... I was not going to lose going low this time. I was determined. Okay, so I got to do some running. How is it? In, in solidarity, I was I was planning on getting back into running a good amount as well. I'll do the 20 miles with you. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm going to do it anyway. But... You can't do the punishment for fun. <laughs> At least not this week. Is it a punishment if you're doing it for fun? All right. Thanks again, Luke. Really yeah, appreciate thank, it. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Learn them good. Luke has to say it. Oh, learn them good. Learn them good. See everybody. <laughs>